Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. Good morning. It looks like for the most part I'm preaching to the choir. Um, I'm really thankful. Um, I know what it takes for a pastor to um, honor somebody and let them uh, stand in their pulpit. And I appreciate um, pastor giving me this opportunity on short notice. <laughs> well, uh, we're entering into another chapter of the Chronicles of Vern. Um, and I'm pretty uh, liberal with my history and the things that are going on in my heart because I honestly don't believe we talk about it enough as Christians. You know, we don't talk about the, the things that go through our minds a lot and the conversations that we have with God, the fights that we have with God the whining matches that we have with God, you know, all the things that we do with each other, you know, sometimes, but we don't have that with God. Uh, there's no shame in my game. You know, I'll keep it 100. I struggle. And you guys know that I was struggling with hip pain for a couple years. Got my hip replaced in July. Um, God's funny. He's hilarious. He, he uh, man, the Holy Spirit just uh, wouldn't let me get any comfort about what I was planning as usual. I mean, he stonewalled me till last night. I was almost going to call pastor in shame and be like, man, I just don't know what I'm doing because God's not giving me nothing. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit broke through. And he said, you know what? Today, I'm going to have a conversation with you. Okay? I'm going to dispense with a little preaching. It might seem that I might meander a little bit. But I'm going to just walk you through a process that I just went through. And it's not going to be about me. It's going to be about what God, the Holy Spirit, and the words of Jesus Christ, and, and this wonderful, wonderful book that brought me back from the desert where I was and has re-energized me. And it was a very simple process, but oh, I went kicking and screaming because I'm a human being and I'm emotional. And I suffered through some some things in my childhood and in my past that uh, damaged me a little bit. I was touched by malevolence, that's evil, a little bit. Some things touched my life and there's there's some disconnects between my heart and my spirit, you know? And And sometimes I give into that. Sometimes it consumes me and overwhelms me as I go through normal life, you know, everyday stuff that we go through. It was interesting. I was having a conversation with Randy a few weeks back, and, you know, we were talking about some things because we share some similar things in our lives, and we're busy men. We work a lot, and we've got wives and kids and all this kind of stuff going on. We have a heart for God. We want to serve. But we were talking about some difficulties we were having, and it was the same. And I felt like I should be having more of those conversations with him and with you and with others. See, um, the world is isolating us. And COVID tripled down on that isolation. I see lonely people. I know of lonely people. I know of people that have no one else in their life and nowhere to go. I was lonely because I made myself that way. I stopped communicating. My serve went down a little bit. I, I, I was deluged in pain and some misery. And an interesting thing happened on my way to throwing out my religion and my, my God. I was there. Guys, I was there. I was in despair. 
And I opened up this book that I had neglected a bit. And I started in Acts. And I started reading. And lo and behold, God began to minister to me. He began to minister to my heart. He began to encourage me. And I believe that that was nothing that any other human being could do for me. I needed the Holy Spirit to come to me and refresh me and strengthen me. And I didn't grow up in a church that was, I was a conservative Baptist when I grew up. So I understood the word of God, but the spirit was not quite there. I was more concrete instead of spiritual. And it all has to be in equal measure in our lives that we attain what God has for us in this life. Um, Pastor Jack Hayford in his book, Spirit Filled, said there are three abilities that we get through the Holy Spirit. Um, Expansion of our worship, extension of our witness, and expulsion of the adversary from our lives. And these are carried out through three offices. The priests through worship, the prophets through witness, and kings for warfare as a leader. And we all flow in those various gifts. And I know the Holy Spirit tells us what we need to upgrade. You know, because we all have an area, I believe, of our Christianity where we're good. You know, whether it's prayer. I know there's some prayer warriors in here that are just, man, they blast open the gates of heaven and get down what they want. So you have those people pray for you. And we have people that move in the prophetic. We have people that can touch you and speak God's word into your life and speak his spirit into you. And we have the kings, the men that will stand up, the women that will stand up and defend the faith and rebuke the adversary and let you know when the devil's coming after you. Right? So I started this journey in, uh, in this New Testament, and I realized that <clears throat> throughout Acts, especially when it goes to Stephen, is it's a reiteration of the Old Testament and what God had promised there. They speak of the prophets and the prophecies of Christ. They speak of the life that God was bringing to us. Oh, wow. So they're speaking the word of God to these new converts. And they're giving him instruction, and they're telling him, and I said... And all these prophecies came to pass. When Joel said, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What a great and precious promise. From God. In my descent, I felt mediocrity. I felt dispassionate. And I, I, I emphasize the word felt. Because I, the, the, I love the worship today. Because fear is a liar. And I began to kind of believe the lies that the devil was telling me in my physically diminished state. God's funny because I, I relate a lot of things to him. <laughs> so... I get out of surgery. I'm done with that. I go back to work. The reason why I went back to work, I got surgery on the 7th of July. I went back to work on the 26th of July. Number one, because I'm a spaz and I can't sit around. But number two, because I had to get off work a week earlier than I planned. So I had all this vacation, all these stuff set up for me. So I'd be financially okay. A um, lot of expenses. And, but that week that I took early, well, that caused my paycheck in August to not be one. <laughs> not be, you know. So I go to work. In the first 15 days of August, I sell cars, if anybody doesn't know, over the Toyota store. But in the first 15 days, I sold two cars. That doesn't make for a decent check. So, not only do I have recovery pain, 
I've got stress. <laughs> I have to make a check this month or things are not going to be well. So I've got that. And I began to work and God got me back to almost normal. In the last two weeks, I worked 13 out of 15 days. I worked a lot of 12 hour days. I began averaging about five miles a day walking on the lot. That's how I used to be when I'm on the move. I'm doing my thing. I ended with 16 cars. God, it's so good. So you can't tell me nothing. Because God is good to me. If he's not good to you, maybe he's doing some, you know, I don't know. But God is good to me. That's my confidence. You know, because in this, he says he's going to be good to me. And in answering my prayer, I know he's good to me. And it wasn't a frivolous thing for me. I know God blessed me. He honored my prayer. And you know what's beautiful about God? He honored my prayer when I still was kind of far away from him. But he knows internally that I'm struggling because that's how we gain maturity and strength in our struggle. So if I push myself to the limit because I made a prayer, God, bless me. But I didn't say, God, bless me and then do this. Where's it at, God? What's going on? Because God is a God of action. And I don't get to share this testimony if I don't get into some action. So I trusted God. And when pastor called me, it was just another thing. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yesterday, I was done. And I still didn't really know what I was going to say to you guys. I was done. I was exhausted. God is so dang good. (laughs) I mean, he's just so good. Because he gave me something to say to you guys. Because I want to encourage you today. And you start with the word of God. Do not dispense with the word of God. Because I want to take myself and I want to put myself in, in these places. The day of Pentecost. Whoa! How amazing is that? Can we, can we renew our awe? Can we renew our excitement? Can we renew our understanding? Because when I got to the end, when I got to the end, I could hear that voice of the Spirit going, well, so uh, if you're done with me, what are you going to do? What is there? What is going to make you peaceful and happy and satisfied? I tried all that stuff. I did that a couple years ago. I had 30 watches. They're all gorgeous and gaudy, ridiculous. I looked at that watch case. I said, I guess I'm done buying watches. I'm good there. There's nothing. There is absolutely nothing that will replace God in your life. Once you've tasted and seen that he's good. There's nothing. It was depressing thought to even encounter. I've lived this life. I know how good God is. I've seen it. I've experienced it. And if you haven't experienced the goodness of God and the answer of prayer and the healing of your mind, body, and soul, dig in deeper. Get into the crave, ask for, desire the Holy Spirit of God. Because that's a gift from God. That's what activates us and moves us and moves us towards what God has already done. He's already planted in you a ministry. He's already planted you an ability to extend what? His grace and his mercy and his love to keep people out of the fires of hell. I had a, a, one of the managers at work who's not a believer uh, asked me a question. And uh, thank goodness I didn't have to fear it because I thought about it before. But he, he was asking, he says, well, what do you think about the book of Enoch? And uh, I said, well, I'm a Christian. I believe in the Christian Bible. I believe that it is true. I believe there are many proofs that's reliable. There are many manuscript proofs. And if you care to dig in, you can find the archaeological evidences of the Bible's authenticity and reality. I believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. I believe that he came to this world so that we could be saved. 
I said, I believe that the men who put the Bible together were anointed by God. I believe this is a, a, a spiritual anointing was put on these men to choose these particular books. So I believe in the sanctity of this book. The book of Enoch, it is what it is, but I will not allow it to steer me away from what God's anointed put together for us over the centuries to read. And it still maintains its position at the number one selling book in the world, period. Twelve men, one God, look what we get. And so in Acts, in Romans, in Acts, it shows how the church just expanded through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it says in here that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, setting their possessions and goods they gave to anyone they had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Very interesting. So my explanation to this young man was, the Bible that I read is the truth. And I believe it is the word of God. And I believe the Christian faith, the things that are in this book, if I follow them, I will do no harm to my fellow man. I will always uplift him and I always care about him. And I will always have mercy on him because I am told to do so in the word of God. And my heart is encouraged by that because Jesus did the same thing. And Jesus' punishment is what we'll get in this world. But Jesus' glory is what we'll get in the next. And we'll get the glory of knowing that we have walked in the truth of God. No one can take that. No one can snatch that. When you believe it. But belief is a very hard thing. Because we're compromised. I'm compromised. I'm pitifully compromised and it annoys me. (laughs) It annoys me. Because I know the world just has some attachments to me. And can't shake them off sometimes. and, And that's the struggle. But that's the struggle that keeps me focused on the Lord. I can always go back to the Lord. He's only a couple of knees away. You know what I'm saying? He's only a couple of knees away. And we need his mercy. But we need to know what he's telling us. And I just don't like the fact that some people think they can do this without this. Or you can do this without the Holy Spirit. Or you can do this without other Christians. Because the word doesn't say that at all. We need to gather together. This is where I get my energy for the week. Honestly. I mean, I've been wanting to get on the Monday night and every Monday. Either I'm tired and I forget or I got to work late. Last Monday, I was all geared up. One of my guy mentoring calls me. He says, Uncle V, uh, can you come get me? I need some help. And so I just had to minister to him. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, doggone it. You know, but God is good. He gave me an opportunity to continue in a relationship that has shown him, God, to me, that he has gifted me to touch people's lives. That's the gift. I need to fear not walking in it. I have fear, believe it or not. It's crazy, right? But I know God is good. But I was starving myself. I became spiritually anorexic. Where I decided not to feed on the word of God when he woke me up at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 (laughs) o'clock. You know, like Samuel. Here I am, Lord. When I finally said that and I cracked open my word... Oh, miracles flowed out. Peace came to my heart. Joy was renewed. Has anybody experienced that? For real? Am I bringing you down? Y'all are quiet on me. Come on, I need some encouragement. Get on up here. I need some encouragement. Give a hand clap of praise to the Lord. 
So as you go through these books, it just becomes amazing. In Romans, in Paul, and he's just telling us we're more than conquerors, that, that we have a future glory. And I was just like, yes, I have that. I've seen it. I've seen it. We talk about alcoholism and drug addiction, which I've dealt with too. God can heal you from these things if you let him. If you believe him. If you accept what he says about us in the word of God. I decided to quit doing slides because you know what? Y'all going to have to do some work when I preach. You know what I'm saying? Because I had to do the work. I had to do the work. I had to get in there and do some studying. Do the, get in the word. Not just corporately, but together. Last night, me and my wife... Well, she gets off work at like midnight, so God bless her for being here today. But about 1.30 in the morning, neither one of us could sleep. So I sat and read the word, and she listened, you know. And it's some beautiful time you can have as a couple, you know. Um, God is just good. He just showered me with this goodness over the course of the last month, where he's shown himself to me, he's revealed himself to me in spades. You know, and I want to encourage you today because we're in a troubled time. Christians are the most persecuted group in the world. In the world. And we can sit back with our first world privilege. And we can sit back and wonder and worry about things that would seem incredibly trivial to somebody living in Mumbai, India. You know what I'm saying? Or in Guatemala, where, shoot, having a bathroom is a miracle. And so when we read God's word and we engross ourselves in the word of God and we pray that his Holy Spirit will continue to lift us. And move us to the next level. I don't care how old you are. There's always a next level for God. You feel me? Always the next level. God is always pushing us upward because we are going to press towards the mark. Right? We're going to grab that golden rung that says, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into my kingdom. Wow. That's impressive to me. So when I get in this word, I put myself in the word. You know, like John Bunyan's allegory, The Pilgrim's Progress. Fantastic book. If any of you have a chance to read it, do. Because it shows the agonizing struggle it is to attain God's best for you. We're just here practicing. We're here practicing, right? We're here trying to do the best. Get enough people in with God that want to be there. You have a heart for the Lord. You have mercy and love for all people. I had somebody at work come up to me and she's like, oh, I don't like so-and-so. I'm like, yeah, I get that. That person could be fairly difficult, you know, but I saw that person one day out in the parking lot and crying, upset. Some problems were going on. Young, young person, young girl, and she's like 22, 23, and I just went into dad mode, you know, offered some comforting words, you know, and since that day, her and I's relationship, she shows me great respect and care. And I was telling this other young girl who was kind of hating that that's okay, you're just immature, You'll grow in to learn how to love and have mercy on people. And she's like, no, it's okay. I mean, I get it. But I try to have isolated conversations with as many people as I can so I can know them. And I can know how to think about them. I can know how to pray for them. But they'll know when they see me, I'm a friend. Because guess what? I can be very annoying. You know? I can... <laughs> we ain't doing the wave in the front row. Because I'm intense, and I don't realize how intense I am. So the last couple of weeks, my wife has had to endure my intensity. Because when I'm focused, I'm just like, mm. you know, I know I just look like I'm just vibrating. And, uh, and she said something to me the other day. I was like, 
okay, I need to calm down for her. You know, I need to recalibrate myself because I'm just, well, they, nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit helps me discover myself, what I need to do. But those opportunities at ministry and something that felt really good for me because it's a goal of mine. The girl said, you know what? I have not found a single person, there's like 250 people working at that dealership that has anything bad to say about you. And I appreciate that because I learned that by example. My father was a wonderful man and a kind man and a merciful man. And I was adopted by him. God placed me in that care to make me who I am today. So I want to have mercy and I want to have kindness and I want to have understanding for anyone I possibly can, no matter what they're doing. Because number one, I have been that person at some point in my life. I was a liar. I was a thief. I was a cheat. I was a womanizer. You name it, I probably did it. Until God revealed to me how rotten I was and how much in need of a Savior I, I needed. Right? And that humbled me. Um, would you put up the first verse, Mike? Yeah. These are my two favorite passages in the Bible. First, Second Peter and uh, Philippians. Because I read some stuff in there that just, oh, it just touches me. Uh, there's so much in here. <laughs> there's so much. It's so hard to preach. Because there's so much that God says, so much that's so good. Let me find my spot. Am I doing okay for you today? I didn't really have this locked down, but God is good enough to me. Therefore, hunger yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking who might resist him. Um, go back to... Um, Philippians. Well, find it, man. Uh, Philippians 4, 12. Philippians 3, 12. You guys know this verse. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself to yet have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward toward the goal. To win the prize for which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let's live up to what we have already attained. That's the verse for the church. Keep pushing forward. Do not give up on the Lord because he will not give up on you. Pray diligently that he will break you out of some bad lifetime habits that hinder you from being fully formed and fully adulted into the word of God, into the family of God. Some of us can still be chewing on, you know, baby food. You hear what I'm saying? When we really need to be digging into the meat of the word, because that'll cut through the lies of the devil when you're trying to minister somebody's heart. And God brought me a string of Christians over that time when I was selling cars. And he encouraged me with those conversations I was able to have. And I was able to minister while I was working. You know, so God is all around good. He's not just a little good. He's not just good in this position or this place. He's all around good. But you have to dig into him. You have to know his word, understand it, because the Holy Spirit works that all together to not only give us assignments, but to encourage us when we're down. It's like Elijah. The birds fed him, brought him water. The angels ministered to him when he was that low. That's the same for us. But I encourage you not to just use that for yourself. I encourage you to 
branch out a little bit more. There are people we all need to call up and talk to. There are people that the Holy Spirit places on our hearts and we have a thought. Me and my daughter have the craziest connection. Because every time I'm thinking about her or she's thinking about me, one of us will call each other. You know? And I have that same, I have the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, I would not be a functioning adult right now. I would have given in to my addictions and my misery and my victimhood. And I would not have been able to stand up here and say, yeah, I was molested. Yeah, I was a drug addicted baby. Yeah, I've done all kinds of horrible things. But I don't care what y'all think because I know God thinks about me. He thinks I'm wonderful. I'm his creation. Don't let the world water down or moderate the zeal that God wants us to have as Christians. Don't stay silent when you know you need to speak a truth. But know what you're saying. Know what you're saying. And it's not about being right. It's about being truthful and honest. And I believe in this word. Because it, it, say I'm completely wrong. At a minimum, this gives me a pattern for leading a good life. You know, a life that does not harm others but lifts them up. A life that drives me away from selfishness and oh, to selflessness. Understand what I'm saying today? Is this okay? Is this okay? I just want to encourage you because y'all know me. Uh, you know, I, I won't stand up here and tell you a bunch of platitudes and pat you on the back. And I'm just saying God demands of us our best. And I am absolutely convinced that if we make the decision to give God our full best, wonders will happen in this church and in this community. Because each one of you can minister. Just like Philip got caught up and ministered to the Enoch from Ethiopia. And, you know, one of the oldest churches in history is in Ethiopia. You know, and then he got caught up and God sent him somewhere else. Wouldn't that be amazing? Read your word and see the amazing things that God has done. And he's not done doing those amazing things. And he will do those amazing things through you if you want him to. So don't get bogged down by your everyday life. Don't get bogged down by your job because God will bring you ministry in that life. Don't get bogged down by feeling lonely because the people you used to know don't come around anymore. Go see them. I got tired. I manage a lot of my friendships. When I was hurting and in pain, I, I didn't call people. Guess what? They're calling me now because they're growing up. They realize, hey, that guy needs some help too. <laughs> Pastor needs some help too. He needs some prayer too because he's in a battle. Because you think the devil wants him running around preaching and saving people? Heck no. So we have to lift each other up, strengthen each other, be friendly to each other, be kind. Don't walk around saying, oh, I can't stand people. I, I hear that more than anything else at work. Well, you're a people. There's plenty of people I know can't stand you, but hey, I'm praying for you, bro. <laughs> Let's keep it real. This is real life. Enjoy your life. God bring you, will bring you happiness and peace. He will bring you happiness and peace. And if you have not felt the touch of the Holy Spirit, if you not turned your life completely to God, I'll give you an opportunity right now to be prayed for. We will pray for you. We will call down God for you. And we will strengthen you. And over time, if it doesn't happen instantly, as your heart opens, as your mind matures, as God knocks off a few things that need to be knocked off in your life, you will find great power. Dunamos, night dynamite. That's what the Holy Spirit brings us. You know, great power. And I don't care how old you are. I don't care how feeble you think you are. I don't care about any of that. God has a plan for you. Amen. You. For you. Singularly for you. That holy God created us all as individual beings. He predestined us. He elected us. Nothing can be taken away from us if we don't allow it to be. You you, you feel a theme there? We get to decide how we're going to live with the Lord. He has opened up everything to us. We have to go in and take it and love it, hold it close, cherish it, 
and be in awe. Be in awe. Wow. Look at this thing. I got my first computer in 1991. I sat there staring at that little thing going, blink, blink, blink. I had to call over one of my smart friends from Intel. And he had to get the 50 disks that came with it and load it and get everything. 12 years. I got a supercomputer in my hand that drives me bananas. But I love you guys. I really do. Um, and I, I want to thank you. And I want to pray. And after I pray, if someone wants to be prayed for, we'll gather around you. And we'll pray for you. Wherever you're at right now, we'll pray for you. Open your hearts to the Holy Spirit. Open your hearts to this magnificent power that is is given to us by the Lord. So I'm going to pray now. And Heavenly Father God, I thank you so much for an opportunity to be in a country where we can still openly worship you. Where we can establish the fact that you are Lord and King over all. Open hearts and minds today, Heavenly Father. Strengthen stubborn wills. Shore up weaknesses, Lord God, that we have emotionally and physically. Help us to shake off the past and throw off those things that hinder us, that we might run the race to win, Lord. It's not practice. This is not practice, Lord God. We're in the game. Let us win, because we've already won. We've already won according to you, so let's take the win and enjoy all that comes with that. We praise you this morning for all the tender hearts, for those that aren't here, Lord God. I pray for them. And I just want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak your word. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Anybody need prayer? Well, thank you. I appreciate you.